everyone. Welcome to this special episode of Reiki Radio. Today, who is with me is Tiffany. And you will recognize her because we do the Mind Body Energy Project together. And if you haven't checked that out yet, you can go to the Mind Body Energy Project on YouTube as well as iTunes. And we have a lot of fun conversations there. So I'm so glad you're here with me today, honey, on Reiki Radio. I'm very happy to be here. Reiki. Yeah, this is exciting. I know it's it is a new I, platform. Yeah, but we always have so much fun talking together. So I thought, like, I mean, this is perfect. Yeah. Um. So one of the things I've been thinking about lately is does it hurt? It does. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I've been thinking about lately is very um, specific to Reiki. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about hands-on healing and distant work. So I should just back up and say, when I first started Reiki for a while, I mainly did hands-on healing. Like that was all I did. I practiced hands-on. And then as time went on, I started to incorporate distant work and doing distant sessions. And then more recently, I've only done distant work. And so there has been, there was this gap in time where I didn't do um, hands-on you know, and then just last week I had the opportunity to do hands-on again twice and I had forgotten about how much I loved it. And it also highlighted for me how the distant and the hands-on work hand in hand because Mm -hmm. they both teach you different aspects of observation. So anyway, so I wanted to talk to you about this today and for everyone who listens because some people never really practice distant. Some people prefer distant and don't ever really do hands-on. So I wanted us to just talk about our experiences with both and maybe the benefits of both and then wrap it up with the whole observation component. Yeah, this is a really great topic. Are you down? Totally down there. And they're both such different experiences Mm -hmm. that I'm glad that you're highlighting the fact that they're both very different experiences and then we can talk about how they're different. I think it's really important. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you that too. So for all of you, um, Tiffany is also a Reiki teacher and she um, does so many things. I mean, she's also a personal trainer and she teaches yoga and I mean, you know, go to my body (laughs) project and learn more about all of the crazy things we talk about. But um, with Reiki specifically, Like if you really just think about, okay, hands-on healing, have there ever been any sessions or experiences where you had some, something very interesting that stood out to you very specifically to doing work in that way? Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Always um, the sensation of being able to feel energy um, at different frequencies in one body. Yeah you know, in different areas of the body or like if the right side is different from the left side, I can actually tangibly feel it in my hands. Yes. Or just the shift of energy from the beginning to the end and in the middle somewhere in between, you know, just how, I mean, it's so crazy. It can be so vastly different from head to toe. Right. Depending on what's going on with the person or their body or their energy. I'm glad you say that because I know a lot of people when they first start, Like if they feel um, sensations pretty dramatically in their hands, then they think 
you know, they associate that with doing it right. Whereas mm-hmm. if they don't feel anything, they're like, wait, am I doing it wrong? When actually um, the energy we feel or the heat that we feel, what's taught is that's called biosin, which means sick line or disease line. So when there is an imbalance, we may notice that as heat or tingling in these different types of sensations. And some people will also say that they recognize that if something feels cold, that they have translated that as being an energetic block. Um, Some people translate that as energy is moving. So Mm. that also comes into the component of like trusting, but, um, and like noticing how you're guided and, you know, this type of thing. But with the hands-on, do you tend to go like, do you follow a pattern, like a routine of like head to toe, or do you just kind of move around to where you're guided? Typically, I always start at the feet mm-hmm. just to kind of like set the foundation and some grounding and to see like how the energy is feeling. And then um, I'll typically go up one side and then up the other and end at the head and shoulders and, and come back down to the feet right before I end. But somewhere in between when I start at the feet and go to the head, somewhere in between, I can be intuitively guided to go elsewhere. Yes. Um, and that's always interesting to me because if I'm directed to go somewhere other than the normal pathway that I usually take, that's telling me something that gives me more information. Yes. Okay. So you're kind of touching into the part that I wanted to talk about as well as like how the hands-on and the distant, they both give you an opportunity to um, observe or to see differently. You know what I mean? So when you are working on someone hands-on, how do you tend to see Like, is it more of a feeling in your body? Do you see things like under the skin? Do you just go back? Like, what does that look like to you in terms of like your experience of working on someone? From time to time, I get the sensation of either a um, physical sensation in my body, like at a specific point, or I get an emotion. And a lot of times when that happens, I think it's mine. And then I have to remind myself I'm doing work with this person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think in order to see or understand what's going on in this person's field, you have to see it through your own personal experience. Like I have to see it through a Tiffany experience or relate it to that in order to understand what they're going through. But then I have to take a step back and remember that it's not like what's happening at that moment is because of the Reiki that's happening. It's not, it does has nothing to do with whatever, whatever experience popped into my mind as a Tiffany experience. It's almost right. like that experience is to help me understand what I need to relate to them. Yeah. Um, and that's, I would say that happens like 50% of the time, but usually 95% of the time I get messages through feeling and somehow the feeling translates to a word. My like ear is making noise, sorry. <laughs> I don't see, I don't, typically I don't see words or hear words, sometimes little bits of it, but predominantly I feel words. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really bizarre, but what somebody, one of my friends I worked on, I was feeling the word grandma and like mm-hmm. that became a huge theme for the entire session. And it was, it was actually quite intense, but I remember it coming up and I felt the word grandma. And that's how I had to explain to her. I was like, I don't know why, but I feel the word grandma just kept coming up. 
I'm glad that you say that though, because a lot of times when people think of their intuition, they think only that it's a visual thing. And when we say how we see intuitively, it really can encompass all of that different type of sensory. Mm -hmm. It can be a feeling, it can be a knowing, it can be visual, um, all of these different things. But yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. So back when I used to do hands-on healing a lot, I really loved it because every session is so different. I mean, every person and like you said, different areas of the body is so different. But what I also noticed was it seemed like my sessions went in these like cycles. So what I mean is like there would be a group of time, like say a few months where all of the sessions I had, they were very visual to me. And then that would shift. And then all of the sessions I would have would be very, like I would feel sensation. Then it would shift, you know, like, so it, it I went through these, I felt like almost I was like learning, um, like I was in some like energetic training when I was working on people. And that's like, I would always joke that it seemed that way. Um, there really seemed to be patterns in even the types of sessions I was having, like what was coming up for people and these things. Um, but hands-on, the way that I would see or the experiences I would have would be a mixture as well. So sometimes I would see images like just in my mind's eye, whereas other times it literally felt like my vision was going into the person's body. Mm. Or sometimes I would feel like there was energetic support around the table, you know, or just, I mean, so many different things. But it taught me to just observe because mm -hmm. I think in the beginning I really was trying, you know, like I was trying to do Reiki or I was trying to do something. I don't know, but it got to a point where I recognized like, Oh, we're literally just a conduit and I'm just observing. And when I let myself do that, that's when I did start to notice more. But this brings me into something else I wanted to ask you about and talk to people about um, before we get into the distant work is that a lot of practitioners feel a lot of pressure to share messages and they think something's wrong with them if messages aren't coming through. So one of the things I want to say about that is we may see, feel, and sense all different things. Some sessions you will, some sessions you won't. And I would tell people ahead of time, like maybe something will come through, but it's not necessarily guaranteed that something will come through. And there are times where things came through, but they weren't necessarily things that were necessary to share with the person. Do you see what it, so mm -hmm. uh, one thing I would say is don't put that type of pressure on yourself and you can start with just like letting people know it's not necessarily going to happen that a message will come through, but they still will receive whatever they need in terms of balancing. And what's more important is that they pay attention to what comes up for them after the session. So do you have pressure around that? And do you always get messages? Or how do you navigate that? Um, I don't always get messages. And I have felt the pressure around it. And like mm -hmm. you said, I've gone through different waves of how I've experienced being a Reiki practitioner with mm -hmm. clients. Um, but I think one thing that's necessary to point out is that trying not to get in your head about it, because yes, you are just the conduit and the vessel to the healing. Um, but try not to get in your head about it because the 
person that's receiving the Reiki could be having this whole experience and maybe you're just not feeling it and that's okay. Um, so being able and okay to just hear what they have to say. And we might, we might not hear loud messages, but we might, as a practitioner, we might be getting subtle messages that we're not really paying attention to because we're supposed to just be holding the space for the client. And afterwards, when we debrief with the client, they may say, all of this crazy stuff went on. And when they're explaining that, then you, you may be able to disseminate the information for them. And maybe that's what that session was about. Yeah. And one of the things too, I'm glad you said that it reminds me talking about how the sessions for me went in different cycles. Mm -hmm. When I first started, I wasn't getting any messages. Listen, I was lucky if I saw colors and you know, that's just what it was. And then when I started to get more vivid messages, I did take my concentration out of the session sometimes because I was trying so hard to remember the messages. Mm -hmm. And then I went through a cycle of like, okay, let me have a notebook in here with me so I could jot stuff down, let it go, and then return to the session. But then even through that, and I will say, because my intuition started to strengthen and I started to trust that more, I finally let go of trying to remember what was coming up during the session. And I started to trust that if there was something to share, that it may come through in conversation when the the session was over so and that's I think a very important thing because we can be distracted by messages and like wanting to remember them and totally like disengage from holding space you know Mm -hmm. so you know you do want to be in that meditative space and holding space Um, that is very important and again at the end of the sessions I mean oftentimes you could just ask someone like did anything come up for them And as they share, you may have things come through. And even if you don't, it really is about them, remember, you know, so it's good for them to share um, whatever may have come up for them so they don't forget. I want to go back to something really quickly that kind of relates to what we were just saying, but you had mentioned it earlier, um, how we interpret sensations. Mm -hmm. I interpret, I get very like, it feels like lightning bolts in my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't oftentimes sense heat or cold. Mm-hmm. That's not how I'm attuned to sensing things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else isn't feeling. Cause I've had right. people give me feedback where they're like, it got so hot. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, there's been times that have sensed it, yeah. but they would be like, it was unbelievably hot or unbelievably cold, but yeah, I wasn't feeling that. Yeah, that's so good you point that out too, because that's a big one that people question themselves about if they don't feel the heat, but then the person did. Or mm-hmm. sometimes even the reverse, like your hands will feel like they're on fire and the person doesn't necessarily feel that sensation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm glad you point that out because either way isn't, I mean, it's fine. It's, yeah. you know, either you're sensing the actual balancing or shifting of what's happening, or they may be having their own experience of feeling energy. Um, rebalancing in their own bodies. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things with this, um, I wanted to point out too, uh, it's kind of to transition us into talking a little bit about distant work. So like I mentioned, I hadn't done dis I hadn't done hands-on in a while. I had only been doing remote work, which I love and I can't wait to talk about it. But just this last week I had done, um, some hands-on work and it was really interesting reconnecting in that way because it is different than 
you know, hands-on in some ways, like the, the observation is different, but it helped me recognize how the two really complement each other. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say it is good to practice both, even if you have one preference over the other, it's good to practice both because they really do. The practice of working remotely helps you to completely mm, connect and let go when you're working with someone hands-on. And I think the, the process of practicing hands-on helps you with engaging with not having a physical representation of the person because you, you know, like you just start to learn how you move and flow with energy. I hope mm-hmm. that makes sense. But anyway, so when I was doing the hands-on this time, I literally, I was receiving this message. One, my fingertips, my attention was brought to my fingertips. And just for everyone to know, I'm so curious about our fingerprints. I'm like, what are they really for? Like, they seem like such a mystery. Like, what are our fingerprints for? You know? That's a good thing I've never thought about. Yeah. I'm like, because nothing on us is like, you know, nothing on us is junk. Yeah. What are our fingerprints for? Like, really? And so anyway, so I was working on someone hands-on and my fingerprints um, stood out to me, intuitively stood out to me. And I was hearing this thing about coding. It was almost like our fingerprints had some type of coding in them. And that aside, I started to feel like this energy flow, almost like an echo, like energy flowing from my hands, echoing into the person's body, the echo back of whatever it was they were holding coming back into this frequency of light, echoing back out. So it was just like this echo and repeat that was happening. Mm. Anyway, so it just, it got me excited. Like, you know, I really want to talk about hands-on and distant work with people. One, so that you know, there are so many different ways you may experience it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also to know that, you know, our practice is shifts and changes over time. Anyway, what were you going to say? What was coming up for you about the fingerprints? Oh, nothing. It just blew my mind. Oh, <laughs> I, I have nothing to say about it because I have to think about it. Okay. Well, I was yeah. trying to process that thought. Maybe we'll talk about it on the Mind Body Energy Project. <laughs> I have Googled it. I have really tried to find out something because I'm like, there must and nothing. There's nothing. no information out and there. You know that picture? I it's think not it's just the organization of ourselves at birth. No, you know the um, the picture of. Uh, yes. that finger to finger like yeah. that. I was thinking about mm-hmm. that too. Like what? Anyway, I think there's Whoa. something about them that goes beyond like even what like science may say it is, you know, just, uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. they're interesting. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with and you. Interesting that they're unique. So anyway, so while I was in this hands-on healing, I completely mm, allowed myself to dissolve into connecting with the person. So it was like one of those things of holding that space of literally there was no separation between me and the person while my hands were on them. And I started to hold that space of the, um, you know, recognizing that source energy within both of us, which really, you know, like losing that separation between us, like um, the third symbol. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how me staying lifted in my frequency was just as important, you know, holding the space for them, you know, and it's all the things, you know, but I was like consciously aware of it in this moment. And it, and so it made me think about how working remotely 
really was supporting the experience I had in working hands-on because mm -hmm. the understanding I have of losing the illusion of separation in distant work, you can, that applies to hands-on too. I mean, just because you're physically touching someone, you still are in this connection with them that goes beyond the physical. Do you see what, mm -hmm. am I making sense? <laughs> <laughs> I'm following you. I'm following okay. you. So anyway, so with distant work, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, one, what is your experience with it? Do you like it? And do you notice any difference or similarity between the two? Um, I do like it. It was interesting a few times that I've done. I do more hands-on than I do distant. Mm -hmm. um, but it was interesting to do distant because I got different types of messages. Yes. Um, and it felt more like, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't even feel like I can articulate it or uh, separate each experience, but, um, I don't know. It almost feels like it's a deeper message when I'm doing distant work somehow. Yeah. Um, not to take away from the hands-on experiences and say that they're superficial by any means, but mm -hmm. Um, it's almost because the physical body is removed in distant work, whereas yes. like you're, you're there with it in hands-on. I feel like more of the messages are about the physical body and the things affect, like our experiences and stuff are being processed through our physical body. So that's how we're receiving the messages. Mm -hmm. Whereas in distant work, I don't want to say it feels more spiritual, but there's more of like an, an esoteric feel to it. I literally, I just wrote down honoring the spirit. I was going to show you, but I would knock over my seaweed. <laughs> As you were saying this, that's what was coming up for me. There's more of this like honoring of the spirit, but finish and I'll go back. Uh, no, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I, saying it feels more spiritual distant work is not the correct terminology, but I don't know how to put it into the right words. It just, it feels Again, I want to say more depthful, but that's also not right. It just, there's, there's a different level. Let me try to help you, Tiffy. Yeah, help me. Please help me, Yolanda. <laughs> this is what we do on our podcast. Pull together. me out of this somehow. No, no, no. But I think, I think we have the same idea here. That here, here. Wow. Yeah. Oh. What are you from Boston? Oh, what are you from Boston? <laughs> um, the same idea here, here. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Maybe idea <laughs> in here is too challenging. Reverting yeah. back. Um, but what was coming up is honoring of the spirit. And I think, again, that's why I think distant work really supports the hands-on because in distant sessions, you know, I have one teacher that says the beauty of distant sessions is you recognize there is no distance between us. And that's really the truth because you, I mean, you think about it, you're working on someone who isn't physically there. So mm -hmm. that in of itself brings you into this knowing and recognition of like, whoa, like we really are connected. I mean, you know, the person could be across the country, other side of the world, and you are able to tune into this person, their energy, their frequency, anything. Like I, it, I think it really brings us into the, first of all, the aspect of like, wow, that's possible. But the more you practice it, it does bring you deeper into that understanding of oneness, because how else would you be able to tune in to somebody who's not physically there. Mm -hmm. So I think like when I do distant work 
it does feel very much like that. It feels like an honoring of the person on a spirit level because it's the only mode that I have that I can process consciously. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm aware that your physical body isn't here. So to reason with this, all I can do is recognize the spirit to spirit connection. Yeah. Whereas in person, even though I can recognize the spirit to spirit connection, I may be more focused on the physicality because that's what I'm touching. That's what my hand, do you see what I mean? So like sometimes the, that, that depth of connection could be not as paid attention to because you are focused in on the physical aspect. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the way the two bring you into these different modes of observation, that's why I'm saying, I think they really support each other because then you do, in your hands-on work, start to really honor still that spirit-to-spirit connection, even though you're physically touching someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well said. <laughs> well, was well that said. even remotely close to what you were thinking? No, yeah. No, I think that was perfect. That was Those were the words I couldn't find. <sighs> I do want to add in something, though. Um, mm-hmm to people looking to sense what it is you just uh, beautifully articulated know who you're doing work on distant wise because people that are there physically like yeah they could be open to it or not but if they're there physically they're coming to you they're actually moving their body to come there to Mm -hmm. get reiki and whether they're into it or not like there's still some some subconscious intention behind showing up whereas if you reach out to, like some people might come to you for distant work and yes, they're into it. But if you reach out to like a family member or a friend, be like, Hey, can I do this on you? They could be blocking the messages. And sometimes they, we could get like, I've, I have had this experience where I've asked to work on a friend or a family member and then I do. And I'm like, so here's all the things I was. And they'd be like, ah, whatever, you know, they just weren't into it, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't a full experience. And then the feedback I got, I was like, well, shit, does this actually work? <laughs> That's like a really good point um, that you make too, because there are some expectation people... of feedback. I think that's yeah, because you could work on somebody and not ever tell them and just be like, yeah, I sent them light and love. Like let I'll see it happen in their lives. But if we're doing it with an expectation of feedback and we don't get, you know, yeah, that can what suck. We want to hear. It can mm-hmm. be disappointing, but that it's a really good point because some people just are more receptive than others. And yeah. some people even people who come to you and say like, yes, I want this done. There still can be an aspect of them that is kind of like, I had this one client who would come and they genuinely were like, Hey, I want to try this thing. But there was this aspect of them that was still very guarded. Like when they got on the table and I was like, okay, you got to breathe. Yeah. (laughs) to Relax. And, um, yeah. So you, you really never know. I mean, and even with certain people who are very receptive, like, there's another one that I know who you know, I'll tell you after. She, the sessions with her, and they were always in person, we would have, I mean, it was like our minds would sink into one and we would both see the same visions while I was working on her, like insane. Like it was just amazing. <laughs> and then um, there were some times where that didn't happen. So, you know, I mean, like you really can't have an expectation because you just never know how it's going to go. And that's why it is important to just have the intention 
that the person receive whatever they are open to receive in the best way for them. And just you staying in the frequency of like love and being lifted and just holding that space for them. Because really what's happening is like, you're holding space to help them rebalance their own energy. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's not really, you can't force somebody to want to do that on a, on a intuitive level, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you can talk to them intuitively while you're working on them. Because sometimes you have to do that. Like, hello, I'm here to help you. Yeah. <laughs> you let me in or what we're doing. <laughs> that happens too. But okay. Okay. So anyway, have you ever been surprised with any distant work? And have you had any experiences working remotely where you are just like, whoa, like we are really, this is weird. Um, I, no, I haven't done too much distant work. I've been surprised yeah. by in-session ones. Yeah. Like rocked to my core on a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. I forgot about this too. There, was, there have actually been a couple of in-person sessions where I would sit. Like, so the person would be on the table and I would sit on this little bench that I had. Where is my bench? Oh, I know. <laughs> I, had a, I would sit on this bench next to the table and I would sit and like meditate and prepare my space, but I would connect to them while they're laying on the table and work on them the same way I would work in a remote session while they're laying there in front of me. Yeah. And I would do that for a while before I even got up to work on them hands-on, hands-on mm -hmm. hands and hands-off. Just a, a side note too, when you work on someone in person, do you do hands-on and hands-off? I do, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you notice a difference in that? Yeah. Um, it depends on the person. It's yeah. very subjective. Well, a lot of people aren't taught to do that and they don't know to even try. So just for those of you, if you've only done hands-on like physical touch, like I'm touching you, you can also practice by hovering above the person's body and you will start to notice their energy. You will feel their energy body. So like the layers of their auric field. And there's a lot of work that can be done in that, in those layers as well. So if you've never tried that, try it. Um, one thing I tell people who have never tried it is you can start like far above their body, like bring your hands up over your head and slowly start to bring your hands down towards them until you start to feel their energy. My hands are tingling because I'm feeling myself. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling myself. But anyway, it's just um, another aspect of our energetic layers and what you can do. I just looked like I was distracted for a moment because I wanted what was in my brain. I wanted to confirm. Um, are you familiar with the koshas? No. It's the, the kosha is a, a Sanskrit? It's not the doshas? Not the doshas. Different than the doshas. The kosha. <laughs> Kosha is, um, it's either Sanskrit or Indian, I'm not sure, but they're sheaths of the body. So they're different layers. They're different layers of like our emotional body and mental body down yeah. to like our physical. So, so I'm aware of that, they, but I've never heard that term. Yeah. Koshas. And they might be. Spell it different. for us. What's that? Spell, Spell it, it for us. K-O-S-H-A. Okay. Yeah. You can look it up. Um, it's, it's Vedic philosophy, mm -hmm. Indian philosophy. And yeah, there's five sheaths. 
And there's different, just while you're saying that, um, while you're looking at that, there are different schools of thought too, if you guys want to look into around how many energy bodies we have. And some people directly link them with the different chakras. So like we have like the closest energy body to us is related to the root. The next one out is related to the sacral. Like different schools of thought talk about these different layers of our energy bodies differently. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, their point though, there is a consensus <laughs> that we have layers to this energetic field that surrounds us. Yeah, yeah. And one. Right, and I think it's important that you point out that you could work on outside of just the physical body because there could be things going on in those different layers and yeah. they're not necessarily part of the meat suit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I actually, um, when I work on people, I tend to start out in their energy field before I even go into the physical. And then I end the sessions at their feet to help them ground. But then I also, the very end, work on the smoothing out of their outer layers. So. Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's just so much. Ah, so much. I have to talk more about this. Um, so actually, maybe if you want to join Tiffany and I in the Mind Body Energy Project, we will talk about the koshas. Maybe yeah. we'll do it one day. That our, would be awesome. Yeah. Our next series, if you'd like to join us, is going to be on spirit guides. So if you guys want to join us on that, we will start that series next week. So go to MB, like boy, E Project on Facebook or go to mbeproject.com and you can join us for those conversations. Mm -hmm. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed today's Reiki chat. Just wanted to share. It was like a random thought about hands-on and remote and how they do help us with different aspects of observation. But just to talk to you about the practice overall, because I know um, in our seeker circles, group online. There are so many questions in there about Reiki and our practice and am I doing it right, this and that. And so you could also join us there. Go to my website, go to uchi.com and you can join us in the secret circle. So Tiffy, thank you so much for doing this with me today, thank honey. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. We always have fun conversations. I, sure I really do. appreciate you. And coming up, there will be a lot more discussion about energy work and so much to share with you. So hope to see you all here again on Reiki Radio, as well as on the Mind Body, Body Energy Project. Tongue tied today. <laughs> Bye, Tiffany. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.